Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Okay, so today's episode of the podcast is a little bit of a special one, and I am going to, before we dive in, just preface what this is about, because it's a little bit different to my normal solo podcast episodes. This episode today is featuring an incredible guest speaker who did a live masterclass training on her topic of expertise in our Badass and Bulletproof Mastermind. So this podcast episode has been pulled directly from one of those guest sessions within the mastermind that went live, you know, between 2021-2022. So just to let you know, that's why this one sounds a little bit different. It's very much more of that conversation piece and you may actually hear some conversations back and forth with the mastermind participants and some questions that they've asked in there as well. But let's dive in. Early next year it will be um mastered into a podcast episode as well. So then I'll go to all the podcast listeners. So that'd be really fun. Yay. Cool. Amazing. So why don't we get started? And we like to keep this really casual. Why don't we get started with, I mean, I know a little bit of your story from the events that I've attended and obviously working with Diane as well. But for those of the membership that don't know you, what is your story? How did we get to where you are today? Well, when I started, no, when I was five years old, it actually started back to when I was five. I, I legit knew what I wanted to be. I told my parents I was going to be a hairdresser. And then at 12 years old, I begged my dad to work in a salon after school. And he was like, no, you're not working and you don't need to work yet. Just go to school. So, um, yeah, I really fought, I really Sorry. fought my way um to work part-time um and after school in a salon so as soon as I turned 15 I basically knew I was like I'm quitting school I want to do an apprenticeship um so I've always been I always knew that hairdressing was just a natural gift and you know I worked in Melbourne I worked overseas um and when I was overseas I remember you know seeing these extensions um but I really didn't I wasn't you know able to really make a I think back then because they were doing these weaves on African hair, but they were corn braiding it in. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, that's really smart. But I could never corn braid. So I kind of, you know, parked it um, on the back shelf, came home, fell in love to my amazing husband, had a couple of kids. And um, have you got kids as well? Three. The three. Wow. Wow. So, you know, after you raise a couple of kids, I don't know if this happened to you, but to me, I'm like, I can fucking take anything on. Can I swear? Yes. Oh, my God. We're the biggest potty mouth group ever. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Do your podcast as well. So I was like, if I can negotiate with two little kids, man, I can negotiate with anyone. And that was um, the first thought where, you know, I'm sure you would attest to, you know, when you have kids, your time becomes more a lot more valuable than it ever was because for so many years I always operated from the artist 
and didn't really connect the business side until I was a lot older. Um, and I think also like I listened to your podcast and the money mindset, I think also because I've been blessed and lucky. I had a family that um, always looked after me financially. So I was that like loopy artist that was doing everything for the art. Um, and then, you know, you have a couple of kids and real life hits and you're like, shit, I need to contribute. So that's initially where all this started. And I knew that, um, you know, for so long I was feeling really undervalued um, as a hairstylist. There was always that threshold of, um, you know, we hit a cap on our earning potential or what people wanted to pay. And um, I started to really dive into um, podcast and personal development and how you speak about energy. Like it was just the frame of, you know, social media came on the scene. And I remember seven, eight years ago, I didn't even know what a hashtag was. How funny is that? People were showing me all these amazing um, hairstyles and there was like little hashtags on the bottom and I'm like, what's this, noughts and crosses? And they're like, that's a hashtag. I know, funny. I didn't know how to use a computer apart from going on YouTube. I really, I really was that person that had no formal education. I was really on the tools, but I knew that I was had to tap into something higher than myself. So it kind of like all culminated in this thing. I had a thought that, you know, a few years in, it ended up turning into this dream and I was a able to bring a product from America that nobody had here that really was the real deal. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced um, hair extensions. I have a ridiculous amount of hair. Like I have half of it shaved off underneath and it's still a ridiculous. So it's not something I've ever dived into, but my sister is a hair extension lover. That's the, yep. all her vibe. And same as me, like I'm European background, I always had great, uh, great hair, but I think after having kids, really everything turned to shit, you know, I put on 30 kilos. I was like, what's happening to my hair? So I think it was a little bit of that as well. Like I knew that, you know, in the standard of hair, no matter how much effort I put in, there was less and less reward. And I remember being that overworked mum that I wanted something so different for me, for my family, but I was an open smorgasbord of, you know, I could do makeup, I could do kids' cuts, I was doing everything, I was doing this and I was dabbling and my husband's like, you're running around like a chicken without a head. And then when you look at, you know, the business component of it, I was like, wow, I'm really, really not doing anything. If anything, I was barely even breaking even. So that was the first thing. And then when I found this product, um, I slowly, slowly, um, very quickly realised that I had something really special. But um, what I also realised is that I was facing a lot of resistance because the price point of the product was a lot higher than anything that I've ever experienced. Um, and then I was like, how the hell am I going to introduce this to a market? you know, that's been so, again, undervalued. And I think um, in hairdressing, as a, a service in a salon, hairdressers started to shy away from extensions because it was more headache. It was more disaster than what it was worth. So, you know, qualified hairdressers were like, I'm not doing that. You know, they got into more, you know, specialising and whatnot. Um, but that's essentially how I started. And I started really, really, I was really strategic with my time and I was really strategic with um, my client demographic and I started to tap into a little bit of marketing, not even realising I was just trying to protect what I was doing because I didn't want to be on Today Tonight servicing, you know, the wrong um, clientele and not realising that I was actually placing strategies in place and understanding who my 
um, client demographic was. And I created this, um, you know, whole onboarding process and this system of application because, again, I was really protecting myself and didn't want the wrong clientele that, you know, didn't understand how extensions worked or how to look after them. So um, it's so funny because now that is a core component of why I teach. Yeah, and there's a massive education element to your business and what you do. Massive. It's huge. It's huge and it's grown to what it is. Like I said in the beginning, I was really a lot, really naive. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know I had this great product, but I, I knew in, intuitively as you speak that I really had to set systems in place because it's one thing attracting um, a high-ticket clientele, but it's also retaining them um, and figuring out how to get leads to your clients, right, and how to book them. You know, when I was a one-person show, um, I don't know if you know how a lot of hairdressers operate, but it's it's like a factory production line. It's like that slave mentality where we're like churn and burn, client after client, you know, service after service because that was the only way that we could sustain, not realising that we're very quickly burning out. Absolutely. And I know that there was, because um, my husband's a mechanic and I did uh, like a what, like work experience internship in hairdressing in high school. And one of the things I was speaking about with her is the fact that I think it was in Europe, hairdressers and mechanics and are actually allowed to retire earlier than everyone else because it's recognised of how much like physical labour and stress and stuff and that your body can't actually maintain it to the retirement age that say office workers. And I've always just felt like that was really interesting, but it's also one of the careers that people don't, like there was almost this thing that I grew up with, like, well, you became a hairdresser if you weren't good at anything else. And I was like, that's not right whatsoever. Um, I just wrote a post about it yesterday because that's one of my, you know, biggest byproducts of this is the passion that we're really eliminating that typical dumb hairdresser stereotype. You know, and that's something that, like I said, it's a byproduct and it's so overwhelming for a lot of hairdressers because a lot of them, we operate from an artist. But what I teach is combining the art and the business and the mindset and the energy because what was happening before, I think I was getting more depleted from the energy transaction, you know, mm -hmm. from clients not valuing what we do. We always had to... Um, you know, overextend ourselves and we were chronic people pleasers and didn't know how to set boundaries and didn't really know that we had the power to flip the script where we get to pick who we want to work with. Yeah, and I see that hairdressers often become therapists for their clients as well. I feel like, yeah, I'm passionate about my hairdresser. She doesn't charge enough. <laughs> it's like, no, please let me pay you more. You just let me verbally dump for an hour while you did my foils. Um, yeah. <laughs> Really, really is. And that's what, when I first started doing this, it was really a passion project. But then um, I was very blessed and lucky to have smart, smart businesswomen and my husband come in and we work with accountants. And I, I started to listen to podcasts and they're like, learn your numbers and know, you know, your immediate expense and your cost. And I really, really, even though I don't like numbers, but I knew looking at the figures, I was like, holy shit, here we are making two, three times more you know, doing less clientele, I've got really something special here. And if I'm going to market this, I know that there's other, you know, it was a pain point for so many people in my industry and I need to present it in a way that was so life-changing for me. So now that is a massive component in itself. Hairdressers hate it, but 
you know, we present it and a lot more people are on board with it now, know your numbers. And I think also not knowing just the numbers, but for me it was knowing my whys and knowing my values, that that's how I connect everything. Because, you know, like when you've got kids, it's not so much even about the numbers, but why am I doing this? I'm doing this for them. I'm doing this for myself. I'm connecting my values. As whereas before when you had nothing to connect it to, you just, you know, that chronic people pleaser and you, you don't know what you stand for, you know. So I think now when I put those systems in place, it's nothing, it's not personal, it's business. Yeah. You know, and you can still be a great person and I, I can still, um, now I'm in a position where, um, you know, I can do things for certain clients that I feel like uh, not because they're not because they're asking for discounts but because I genuinely want to help them. But I'm sure you can attest, you know, it's so funny because I've built this brand, beautiful brand on clients that were willing to pay for the service and they're the ones that were willing to sing us praises and the ones that ultimately, you know, ended up being our biggest supporters and built, you know, our clients and the ones that want something for nothing. Um, and I'm sure you went through that as well in the yeah, beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me do this, but I, I quickly... Um, I quickly realised because I made a couple of rookie mistakes in the beginning where I was discounting and I wasn't offering it to a fair exchange of value and I was doing it just to offer the discount and that's, I think, where I ran into problems because they don't value it. It's the quickest way to burn out and for me it's the quickest way to attract tyre kickers. Um, so I just actually yesterday went and took the free discovery call off my website. It only been up for about two months because previously I hadn't had time and I'm like, oh, I'll start doing them again. Literally every single call has just been a total, like someone, yeah, who wanted for free, wanted to have a chat, wanted to just brain dump out their information. And I'm like, okay, I can't let this time take away from my paying clients. So, yeah, I just made the decision to remove that. It's about having firm boundaries. And when you're certain in your pricing and you're certain the value that you bring to the market, if someone else is like, oh, you're quite expensive, and it's like, great, go find someone cheaper. Go. Like, that's fine. It's honestly, like, not my job to convince you. It's wrapped up in value when you know. And years I do this stuff in my twenties, and why I teach it now, you know, to to the young girls. Now we've got a whole different set of problems where these young ones, it's almost like entitlement. But I speak about self worth. Self worth is not wrapped up in entitlement. It's wrapped up in knowing in abundance and knowing intuitively, and not like the high. The more higher up I go in, like the higher I vibrate, the less ego I have. Right. And I think that's also, it's not, it's not directed in ego. It's just directed in a knowingness. Exactly. And knowing what you, what you bring to the table, I guess. And I think when you believe that, you end up, it's like energy. Energy don't, doesn't lie, right? So you end up manifesting that. Or I think I did through this experience. I was writing things down. And I actually downloaded your goal setting thing this morning. I did, I got a notification because I, I wake up and there's hundreds there, so I don't always go through all of them. But this morning I was like, I, I feel like I should check them. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Because yeah, I saw you had a Black Friday special. <laughs> Why not? Let me just download it because it's the same language, but I didn't know then that that's actually what I was creating. You've just made it look pretty and beautiful, but it really is setting everything out, you know, and eventually that's what you attract. And we do the same now before... I was doing free consultations 
as whereas now our clients who want to come in they pay fifty dollars for a consultation and if they're not if they don't use it it's redeemable on any serp like it's redeemable um, on a service or if not it's still your time so fifty dollars to have a chat to someone that knows what they're doing or have the expertise in any it's still worth paying for that Absolutely. And I feel like there's a shift happening and maybe it's post-COVID where we're expected now to pay cancellation fees if we can't show up to something. And I think there is this there is this shift. Like if I can't make an appointment for my child or whatever's happening and I call them and say, I'm so sorry I can't make it, but I'm like, please let me know how I can still pay for this because I value their time. And in return, energetically, my time is valued. So that's kind of the thing as well. I feel like there's a disconnect with business owners who are like, you know, I charge what I'm worth and here's my pricing but in the back end, they're still not actually living up to those values as well. They're still asking for discounts. They're still not paying their guest speakers. All that type of stuff is that disconnect. So it's such, and I'm just about to launch a, a webinar next year. I've actually got it up here because that's one thing that I speak about. Like even people that are taking on clients, like there's now I know what I know and now I, I, I open up openly because if they want to, attract this there's certain things that they have to do in the back end which is their branding their visual image you know social media posts digital makeover their branded photos the website everything has to coexist together right because if you're conveying a message by the time they've already come to you they've already researched they already know what they're getting as whereas if you don't have that strong and hello like it took me 45 years to even get comfortable on a camera like if you spoke to me three years ago there's no way I would have been I had to go get hypnotized to be able to even because I was really good at writing but I wasn't good on camera you know and now that's why I'm like to these young ones if I can do it and I'm an old lady like just get out there and really speak your truth once you stop comparing yourself to you know to everyone and you start working on your inner self you really stop making excuses. Absolutely. So I have a question around the growth that you've had through this, obviously going from like hairdressing to now having this massive, incredible brand. Did you have mentors, coaches, support on the way for that? Or was that really something that you just had to dive deep into YouTube and be stubborn and just figure out? I think it was a little bit of both. I really dived in in the beginning and figured things out by myself with podcasting and I actually went and did personal development courses one he's an Adelaide guy uh, mojo master I think that was hard, yeah. him honestly that and then I went and did Kerwin Ray I think that was a defining moment for me because it was at the right time you know like you can work on yourself but it's like peeling an onion sometimes you're ready for it and sometimes you get caught up in all the shit that's going on it, you can you know just take little pieces like little nuggets here and there when you're ready but yeah. I think I'm really ready for it and I did that and then also through my journey once I started implementing all these systems and processes and um, you know effective email marketing communication strategy to build lasting relationships that actually attracted attracted some high-level marketers that were my clients and there's one Dom who I absolutely love and I hope she gets to hear this podcast and Kirsten, she's another one, one of my biggest supporters. She's um, a CEO of Blow Dry Bar and she used to work with Janine Ellis. Um, so I had I had a really good sounding board and they just came in and they're like, they love my product, but they could see that, you know, I needed a little bit of help behind the scenes and that's what they came in and I was just open to it. 
So I think, um, yeah, I think I was really lucky to have them come on, come on board. And Dom, she was like this marketing strategist. She was like, I'm going to teach you about marketing. And I'm like, I know marketing, I know social media. <laughs> Little did I know what was coming for me. That's a whole other level, isn't it? And it's kind of like, yeah, like first you're realising what a hashtag is and then a couple of years later it's like the doors open and there's so, that's the thing you realise you're never going to know it all. It's like the peeling of the onion. There's so many layers. There's so many more levels that we go to. There's so many more things we can learn. And that's, I think, good when you can keep ego out of it and be open to opportunities and open to knowledge. Yeah, and be vulnerable. Like I think for the first time, you know, as you get older, you don't give a shit. If you fuck up, you say you fuck up. If you make a mistake, as well as when you're younger, you have this massive chip on your shoulder, you know, like you have more, I know, I know, even if you don't know, it's just this big fat cover-up, right, as yeah. whereas I think vulnerability was the biggest eye-opener for me um, and I think also, you know, the mum having kids like and I started to learn about limiting beliefs and connecting it to, you know, um, generational trauma and it was just it was all that talk and I was like, the more you invest in that um, and also with Mojo Master, the biggest thing that he taught me, so true because, um, you know, spend so much time getting in debt, with, which is a liability a lot of the time and we don't get in debt on ourselves, which is the biggest asset and we're our biggest asset and I think that was the biggest thing if I can share that message with someone is and I ask people all the time what do you how much money do you invest in yourself and I want to I'm not talking outer like Botox and superficial things I'm talking about internal and it's so crazy to me that only two percent of women invest in that yeah it's nuts isn't it it's actually a screening question. If someone wants to work with me in a high-level coaching capacity, part of the actual screening is like, tell me about the last few books you read. Tell me about the like the one really profound shift you've had in your personal development journey because I know that the work that I do is not for someone who's never done work on themselves before. You know, it, it's for the woman already three-quarters of the way through her process and wants a bit of support. So I think, yeah, like statistically, what is it? Something insane, like 90, 92%. Of people don't pick up a book after they finish high school and they don't read again. Like I know that's changed recently with the reintroduction of book talk and fantasy readers and women getting really back into reading. But I remember I think it was a 2018 statistic. Yeah, that something crazy like 90% of people never pick up a book after high school. And only two percent of women ever hit a million dollars in revenue. Yeah. You know, and that's again my passion because I'm just this dumb hairdresser you know, and smash those goals, not even realising, like, the, you know, because I really did become this accidental entrepreneur and now I share that with my industry because I'm like if I, and I just, the funny story behind the story is this, I was able to pull this off all from a home salon. Yeah. No. So, Amazing. and I had people laugh at me. I had, you know, friends in the industry, they still talk shit about me. Oh, she was, you know, when they've had staff leave that wanted to come work for me, they still say, oh, she's just a home salon in Seaton. And I was like, it's all right, you laugh, you laugh, yeah. you know. I used to have this, I experienced a lot of the same thing, lost lots of friends, lots of, like, online bullying and stuff, where I was like, I'm going to run this business. And people were like, how can you? I just a stay-at-home mum. And I used to have this little list of, like, people's houses I would drive past in my Range Rover one day and, and watch them go to their checkout chick job and still hate their life. And I realised at the time that was really toxic, <laughs> really egotistical, but it made me feel better because it was just like, watch me. Watch just me. Just watch me. 
exactly and you let it you don't let it define you you just let it drive you and like I'm not in people's faces going oh look at me now because I don't have to I think you know the proof is in the pudding when you're building a brand it's not about you boasting about yourself it's everyone else that speaks about what you're doing and you know like here I've heard everyone that I've mentioned your name they're like oh yeah she's you know she's amazing she's the real deal so once you put that energy out there and you affect just that one person it's a snowball effect and then and do you find coming from the from a legacy perspective like you're growing a brand that's going to be here long after you're here like this is something that is going to stay and grow and and be for generations and when you have that kind of thinking versus this is something I'm going to do that's not going to make me a lot of money and I'm going to be really famous. You, you behave differently. Your intention around your interactions and how you show up is different. And I feel like that's that you're very much coming from that space in what I've experienced. And, you know, it's so funny because when I first started, you know, because I don't really like going out a lot, I'm like I love being at home with a family and kids and I kind of shut myself off and I would, you know, pop out and people, you know, would come up to me and be like, oh, you're the hair extension girl or they'll say something they'll be like, oh, my God, I love your brand. And I'll be like, brand? I'm a brand. And I would walk off and I would laugh to myself and I'll be like, I'm a brand? I'll be like, oh, shit, now I can't wear Ugg boots to the shop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like even wanting yeah. to some days in the salon and I, I really started, I was like, oh, wow, like this is it's one thing to build a business but it's a whole other thing to build a brand. And I wasn't even aware that I was building a brand. Yeah, I think when it happens organically, it's really special, but it does, it gets to the point. I had a couple of, with a couple of years ago, I was living up in a different area for about three months before we moved into our new house. And I would just, because no one knew me there, I would go out and I would just wear like daggy clothes and no makeup and I'd go straight to the pool, straight to Woolworths with my hair like all wet up. And it was just so freeing because no one knew me. And then I had one woman recognise me and she came running up and asked me to sign my book that was in her handbag and I was like oh no now I have to stay wearing makeup in public again that's what's always going to make us relatable because at the end of the day we're both I'm sure you're the same I'm just a bogan at heart deep down yeah you you get me on my day off I don't dress up I I just want to be with my kids in my sweats you know what I mean and I think you know this whole facade of success means you have to be dressed to the nines or it's it's fucking hard work. Who wants that all the time? It's exhausting. And something I've realised as well is that people don't want a mentor or a coach or someone that they look up to who's chained to their computer or chained to meetings. They want a real person who has a real life and has healthy balance and boundaries in all of that. So I try to keep that in mind if I spent too many days in front of my computer. I'm like, that's not the energy. <laughs> no one wants course, to work with the stressed out woman. And, you know, this thing around failure, like, that's what I'm working with a lot at the moment. Everyone's so scared to take that risk because they've, you know, and especially I don't know about you, what your back, what's your background? Oh, so many things. I used, I um, went to university to, in optics, and I used to run lots of spec savers, Orban and Panics, OPSM. Got mm-hmm. pregnant at nineteen, started a spray tanning company, a nutrition, and then have been in coaching ever since. So lots of different things. It's a bit hard to niche down into a sentence, but really, what's your background culturally? Culturally, a mess. (laughs) Got it. Scottish mainly. Oh, cool. So I'm I'm Serbian background. So European. I don't know if you know a lot about our culture, but we we grew up with a lot of a lot of Europeans had money, but they bless them because they they led with fear. You know, everything was like 
you know, that, that mindset, oh, you just ate so you can't go swimming because you might drown, you know, or don't cross, you know, like crazy shit. So we a bit sceptical. You know, don't, you know, they'll gossipy. They didn't stick together. Like there's so much, you know, even when my kids were little, like I was at the bloody, um, what's it called in the, in the hospital where you go emergency because my, they literally make you think that your kid's dying and they just got a flu, you know, like it's nuts. You know, they, they thought I had Munchausen by proxy because I was there all the time for my first one because, you know, they lead with fear and they put that fear and their stress onto you. And when you're vulnerable, I guess, you know, kids are so susceptible to it. And, you know, I did lose my power there for a little bit because I was a sleep deprived, a new mum, you know, and I look back and I think that's, that's so bad like that there, but they don't mean it in a bad way. It all comes from a place of love. But it's not healthy love, no. you know. Even now that I'm so, you know, I think I've reached, you know, way past anything that my parents ever thought for me and they still can't accept it. They don't know how, they're like, oh, but you better not do this. Like that's what's wrapped up around. Who cares if I fail? And I often like learning from people. Like I remember um, going to... Um, and it was so powerful. Um, uh, it was a business course as well, speaking about coaches. I don't know. What's that guy from Mark Burris from, you know, Aussie Home Loan? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he spoke about, you know, getting this check, this $25 million check from Kerry Packer. And Kerry Packer asked him three important things in business that were complete, you know, life-changing to him. And one was, you know, what do you do? And he's, like, thinking that he's in, you know, home loan business. And he realised after that meeting he's in, the, you know, in the business of selling hopes and dreams to people, mm-hmm. you know. And the second one was he asked him had he ever failed in business and he didn't. He thought that by saying that he had failed that he was going to look down upon but Kerry Parker actually respected him more for it because he's like, what good are you to me if you haven't failed? Pretty profound, right? Because that's, yeah. that's why I welcome failure or I welcome you know, setbacks because it's an opportunity to learn and grow from it, you know. So before I used to maybe get lost in it and, you know, have those emotions come up as whereas now I keep them at bay because I just wait for the lesson. And then I know around the corner that there's something even better and greater for me. So you kind of secretly now, I don't even stress out, you know, my staff are like, doesn't that stress you out? And I'm like, no, like, It doesn't. It's a whole new level, isn't it? Because failure is a better teacher than success. Like if we if we had our entire life and success and everything was perfect, handed to us on a silver platter, where's the growth in that? Failure is the best teacher. And then when you get to the end and you look back over your life, it's like every little failure was just a roadblock. It was just a little redirection. It wasn't the end of everything. But now I think also because I'm older, I don't I don't lose sight of the big picture. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So stuff happens. Shit's gonna happen all the time. I just think, thank God this didn't happen to me in my 20s because I don't think, you know, the emotional IQ, I think you were saying that in the, was it you in a podcast or someone else? Probably, about my old broke bitch mentality where I couldn't handle anything. (laughs) I think if you keep that emotional logic and intelligence there, you can weather the storm, whether whether you have good days, bad days, because I don't even look at the bad days. I just keep, you know, looking at the lesson or looking at the solution and, you know, it's quite often, you know, because we're doing so much anyway, that one thing that can go wrong, it's that little bit of conditioning. I think in the beginning it was more from, you know, other people's bullshit. 
yeah. not your own. And especially if you've got that fear projected from your culture and from your family as well. Like when I published my first book, my parents were, oh, make sure you get this and, and can you do this? I'm like, I'm sorry, let's just let's just double check how many best-selling books you've written. Okay, mum, cool. <laughs> no experience in the public publishing industry? Cool. Thank you for that advice. I know it comes from a place of love, but I'm going to completely ignore it <laughs> and I'm going to go do my own thing because I got this. And I think also with what, you know, you sound like me, the more you're invested in, when you know you don't have to get, like before when I was younger, things that that would say would really trigger me and I'd get really defensive and then I look like the psycho, you know, As whereas now, now I understand my values. I know where the hell I'm going. I keep saying to my girls, I finally believe in me. My husband believes in me. My kids believe in me, my team. So now when someone comes at me because I was so afraid of haters in the beginning and they're always going to be there, but I think the more work that you do, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone says now. I just take it. I honestly see it as a projection of their own stuff and I don't take it. That's all it is. That's all it is. But when you don't know your shit, you're going to play into that insecurity that you have. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I I can take feedback really well. I encourage feedback, even with my staff, when someone comes on and starts working. I'm like, now, one thing with me is you have to take feedback and you have to take accountability. And it's all right as well when someone, you know, because we have, you know, a system in place of how we, you know, how we deal with feedback and it's great. But also you get to a point where if someone's putting their shit on you where it's no longer about feedback, where they're just dumping and projecting, you also have to learn to, you know, block yourself and protect your peace and your energy and your space and know what to say yes to and what to know when to walk away from. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter whether it's a client, it doesn't matter whether, whether it's a staff member. Um, haven't worked out how to walk away from my kids yet when they <laughs> put you in that position. <laughs> ones that you can't, they're the only ones that can really get away with some shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've also learned with them to really set those boundaries where they come back and they think about what they're doing rather than you bombarding them with your values and your shit, you know. So it really is a big, fat learning journey. I haven't figured it all out, but I think I'm getting close. I think this generation is doing a lot of healing and giving our children the opportunity to decide things and make up their own mind about things and we don't feel the disappointment what's the word I'm trying to like we don't take it personally if their values what they prioritize and what they enjoy doesn't match our version I don't think we take it as personally as our parents probably did if you understand the values I think that's so powerful to me because now I don't take shit personally with anyone even with my going back to my parents because their values now are different to my they're about they're retiring they're older they want to spend time with us I've had the busiest freaking time ever in my life and they're always at me like, you don't care about us and mama. And, you know, before I would get triggered, as whereas now I just send them love back and explain that our values are different and this is what I think the way that I show up is different and then it just kind of diffuses. You learn the art of communication through understanding values. Absolutely. I know there's certain topics I don't speak about with my family, things like finances and business and what I'm doing and where my company's headed because they've just got no idea and they feel like it's so different. They can't fathom it. But we share about, you know, our families and our love and our kids and all the stuff that we can kind of understand and communicate about. We do 
in a, in a really great way. But there's certain topics I'm like, I don't need to touch on that because it's going to trigger you in ways, it's going to trigger me in ways, and it's going to end up really messy. And that might work for the Kardashians, but it's so not true. for us. On the same page, it's better left some things, like you say, you know what, what where you can go with certain topics. Are your parents, um, like, did they have their own business or were they completely different? No? No, no, my dad was in government work and my mum was an optical dispenser. So when I left school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I literally went and did the exact same job my mum did because I was like, that's safe. They can't yell at me about that <laughs> because then they would, then it would threaten them. So I literally went and worked and it did exactly what my mum did until I was the manager over her and it kind of gone as far as I could in that career. Um, and yeah, my sister went straight into um, becoming a midwife and a paramedic. My dad was a fireman. So we literally just went the complete south, safe route. And then I threw caution to the wind and I think they've never forgiven me for that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And even now that you're in the position that you're in now, obviously they're proud of you. I think they're proud of me, but they still have no one. They cannot even fathom how my husband and I can run three businesses, have three kids, don't have a boss, can keep our life going. Yeah, it's so far out of their reach, isn't it? Yeah, they just, they can't fathom, they can't understand it. But it's like, that's okay, you don't need to. You can support and love each other in other ways. Yeah, and my parents are exactly the same. And, you know, I've made peace and, I like you, I get into conversations that, um, you know, benefits us exactly like you about the kids. I just kind of weave around and don't even, as whereas before when I was younger, I always needed that. It's that sick validation that you need from your parents, you know, and I think once you get validation within yourself, you stop seeking it on the, on the external, whether it's your parents or whether whoever it is. It's so powerful, isn't it? <laughs> so powerful. I had that shift I turned 30. It was like, I don't care anymore. I'm getting tattoos. I'm doing this. I'm doing more. I'm dressing the way I want because it just it doesn't matter anymore. And I have to show my kids if I'm telling them they can follow their dreams and they can be whoever they want to be and they'll be unconditionally loved. I have to show them what that looks like. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. 100%. That's so true, isn't it? See what happens when you speak with like-minded people we can solve the world's problems all in an hour we, we can all fix yeah we can have a cocktail and, and solve world hunger and it will be done <laughs> so i would love to touch on because i don't want to keep you too much longer but this month in the elite topic we are talking all about journaling so we've done lots around journaling prompts around how journaling can help us process emotions but also set intentions for where we want to move forward is that a practice that you've done over time is that something that you've implemented into your journey absolutely so I think with me um I think also because social media was such a big um way for me to express what I was doing and I didn't realize that's my form of journaling because I was able to connect what I was doing why I was doing even though I would do my own personal journaling between you know goal setting and um really being clear like having a plan but not a plan that I had to really, really stick with her. Like I'd look, I'd forget about it, and then I'd look back in three months and go, "Oh my god!" Like I actually achieved that, 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 that. So I don't think subconsciously I was doing it personally, but I was doing it a lot for social media, and I think I was just putting that energy out there. So I think um, it's so important. It doesn't matter which way you go about it, whether it's online, whether it's you know personal. I think there's so much power in it as well. Absolutely. And I know that from the conversations and the, the story that I've heard for you is that real merging of the energy work with the action work that it takes to build a business and grow and scale and manage all these multiple things at once. 
how do you infuse that spiritual element into your business and how you take care of yourself and set boundaries? I think um, I still make sure that I spend like a little bit of time weekly on like my, you know, whether it's like listening to podcasts, whether it's going for a walk in the morning, um, just making sure that, you know, that element like that you give yourself that time for yourself to replenish. And it's, again, living my values. I think that's the biggest thing because if you keep living your outside of your values and it's not congruent, then you end up getting to the bottom and you don't have anything to give to anyone else, right? So value. Sorry, I'm going to sneeze in a second. I can feel it building. There's pre-warning there will be a sneeze at Look, some point. outside. Is this how you are? Yeah. <laughs> Not from this angle. That's all right. It's coming. Hopefully it will come. Um, I think (laughs) my values is learning. And I think a lot of the girls that I work with as well, we're all into Reiki and and so we all bounce off each other and we all send each other these memes. And um, I don't know, it's just that's why I say social media can be a blessing and a curse. And I think um, there's that TV show called The Social Dilemma. Like my mindset is just I think I just vibrate so high. And I think that's what it comes down to, that the way I I don't think I'm cut from the same cloth as so many people. So I just see things very different. And I think once you tap into that, the abundance thing, and that's what's prevalent in my world, whether I go on social media, because that's what energy, what I put out, that's what's feeding my brain. So I think that's really important. So I must get it because I am so busy. I feel like, you know, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I spend half an hour with myself in the morning, whether it's listening to a podcast or just something, just something to feed my brain. And then from there it just sets the tone for the day. And I think my general interactions now, I think the power of energetic transfer, now I don't really get I'm not really in contact with so much of the bullshit that I had to eliminate you know two three years ago because I've learned the power of um is that manifestation um and boundaries and I think once you get that in place everything else just falls in into place yeah I think it'll be really interesting actually this might become part of the podcast series next year I'd love to like do more of that morning routine and figuring out what are like the really successful women. I'm sure there are similarities in your morning routine because you've mentioned half an hour of like personal development or podcasts in the morning. That's what me and my husband do. As soon as we wake up, we lay in bed and listen to about half an hour and then we have cold showers. I would be really, I'm actually like, I'm excited now. I want to ask all the successful women and like, what does your morning look like? Because not everyone's going to look the same, but I'm sure there's some, some consistency there with prioritizing mindset and your energy and how you're setting your intention for the day first thing exactly and i think you know everyone's different i've worked with people who are not, i'm a, i'm that annoying morning person i'm like hey i'm here i'm always come three four o'clock is a different story i'm like <laughs> you know sloppy and no i'm just kidding it's about 5 p.m um but- <laughs> And now, now my girls know because before being in hair, we used to work at night times. We used to work Saturdays. So I know now, you know, and I've made this business and I made it work for me as well as these are, these are the hours that I function better and I know now how I function and how I can shop. There's not a lot that can sway me. I think I'm just, what's that? I'm even-tempered. Um, and I think also, um, I don't know if it's, what star sign are you? Cancer. Oh, you're cancer. You're the opposite. So you're like highly emotional. 
I'm not that I this is the thing I've learned I am and I was and I've pretty much turned off my emotions for the last 20 years and I've just started to let myself feel again in the last few weeks and it's very uncomfortable I don't like it there's there's too much we always joke because I'm not ruled by emotion. I'm very, I'm auditory processing because I did a little bit of NLP. So the way that my brain works, I talk to me, tell me facts and we're good to go. So I'm very factual. I'm very, give it, you know, sometimes I have to say to people don't because sometimes I felt like I was always taken the wrong way because I'm European, I'm Serbian. You throw all that in the mix and I'm like, <laughs> look like I'm arguing. <laughs> you know, I give facts, not emotion. So it's been really um, and I think also throwing kids and I think I've learned how to be a lot softer but still really be firm but fair. So it's funny when I meet, you know, water signs because I love it. We always have this banter where we kind of compliment each other because you guys soften us, kind of, you know, give each other that balance. Um, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I'm a big deep feeling but I've turned it off for a long time because it's almost like too deep and too much. So my logical brain's just gone, no, we're not doing that. That's inconvenient and annoying. And now I'm like, oh, no, I feel things again and it's so uncomfortable. But it's true. I hate it. And I think, you know, I, I probably put a facade on like Capricorns, we're sensitive deep down, but I'm not, I don't let, I'm not ruled by emotion. And if things really, um, uh, I, I can see how that can be, also a benefit to some people it can I think it's just a balance if you know how to use it and now I've learned a little bit like I went and studied NLP so I'm a lot more conscious of people's you know everyone learns differently you know have you done NLP I've never done NLP but I've got three autistic kids and I have ADHD myself so understanding that people learn in different styles so I guess that's the thing I've read all the NLP textbooks later and it's been like oh I already had to figure this out on myself as a mother to kids with disabilities for the last 10 years I've already figured out that one child learns through listening and one child learns through touching and one child will only learn if you make it a dinosaur reference so it's very much you I've learned all the foundation but from living it if that makes sense course but you had to learn you learn how to adapt to it yeah it's getting them to adapt to you because that doesn't always work it doesn't always serve you yeah oh well i wait to have you on my podcast one day absolutely your story and share because i think the more you speak to you know women and like yourself you're saying you know i take my hat off because no matter what's going on you can still show up right there's no excuses is there it's just what you prioritize Absolutely. It was actually, I um, actually rescheduled a call this morning because I woke up unwell and I was like, do I have time for a two-hour energetic output on one of my mastermind calls? And I was like, no, I'm going to prioritise this call today and then reschedule that one and everyone totally got it. And it was great. But, yeah, like you show up, you still show up and I want to give 100% every single time that I show up. When I meet people like you and when I meet clients, like, it fuels my energy when it's the right energy. And that's how I know if I'm in the right. You just follow that intuition because I've got this little burning thing when it's not right. There's a little intuition, a little voice that tells you. And I think when you were younger, you didn't listen to it. As whereas now, I always just, you know, listen to that inner voice because it will never fail. Yeah. Always trust the nudge. There's so many times I've sit and the nudge just popped up. It's popped up again. It's popped up again. I've ignored it and everything's exploded. So always trust the nudge now. Exactly. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on to have a chat with us. The girls normally, because we're all busy bitches running companies and kids, they usually catch up on the replay over the next couple of weeks. But if there's any questions that come through from that, I will make sure 
to get them to you. If people have listened to this and they've really resonated, which I know they will because this has been so much fun, where can they find out more about what you do? Because I know you're heading into a different type of mentoring as well. So they can find me on, if they just Google my name, Yvonne Caloria, they'll find me. There's a website there. They can find me on Instagram as well. Um, so, yeah, if they just Google my name, it's a little bit hard to um, remember the spelling, but I'm sure you'll put it in your little it's link. It's a beautiful name to say. Oh, Laura, It just is the, like, unlike Shona and everyone, no one can ever say that right my entire life. But you're, <laughs> I'm just like, I love saying your name. It's so fun to say. There's a story behind that too. We'll share that on another podcast one day about all the teasing we used to get when we were younger. So I was like, yeah, yeah. uh-huh, tease away. Exactly, tease away. Everyone over the world knows my <laughs> name. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And not, not the mean nickname you made up for the year eight. My actual name. Everyone knows that now. <laughs> that's right. Thank you so, so much for having me on. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're as busy as I am. Um, so I do really, really appreciate that. Of course, likewise. It's been a pleasure. Amazing. Have a wonderful day. And I'm sure I will see you in person at the next event. Don't and get this all too. <laughs> yes, we will. And we can chat more. And um, I'm building a podcast studio here as well. So uh, I would love to have you on um, as well and you can share your story. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's scary bit, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody asks, what do you do for your business? I'm like, no problem. And someone's like, what do you, like, personal? I'm like, no, don't ask me about me. Don't talk about me. <laughs> no, you have to because you have a powerful story as well. And I think also yeah. with community, I would love to speak to you at, um, at a separate because I want to create um, some resources for my community if they want to work with you know high level coaches as well that they can take um, take you up on what you, what you do and your offer as well so maybe we can have a chat amazing really supporting women I love it love. thank you so much for your time I hope you have an amazing day and we'll speak really soon you too bye bye thank you, thank bye. You. much for listening to this episode of the sexy selfish mums manifesting wealth podcast as always we would love to hear your feedback on instagram so slide on into my dms or share a story with this episode any feedback or questions you have and if you'd like to find out more about the elite membership either send me a dm on instagram or head on over to our website and learn more about our 12 month mastermind for women in business ready to unlock the inner wealthy woman and create a business that allows you impact and income from a place of alignment and integrity. It's fucking amazing. And I would love to have you a part of it. Um, enjoy. Enjoy.